the days of the uh, US dollar being the world reserve currency are, are numbered. I think we're um, in the, I don't know, we don't do too much baseball over here, but I think in the seventh inning um, at least. Thanks for watching this RTD interview. Don't forget to pick up your RTD Scary George Round, only available at stboyan.com. Now enjoy this interview. Welcome to Rethinking a Dollar. Today I'm excited to have first-time guest, Mr. Ronnie Stoferly. He's an Austrian investor as well as a fund manager for Incrementum Investments uh, Management Company and also the author of In Gold We Trust Report. So Ronnie, welcome to Rethinking a Dollar. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking time to sit down with us. Definitely looking forward to getting your thoughts on a variety of subject matter. So you're over in the European area, so I definitely want to find out what's happening in that area and get your thoughts on what's currently going on on this side of the planet as well. But before we dive into that, uh, first question I tend to start off with is, what comes to mind when Ronnie hears the words, rethinking the dollar? Well, the first thing probably is de-dollarization. I, I, I think the the days of the uh, U.S. dollar being the world reserve currency are, are numbered. I think we're um, in the, I don't know, we don't do too much baseball over here, but I think in the seventh inning, um, at least, um, there are many, many signs that actually the, the whole world wants to diversify out of the U.S. dollar. We're seeing so many bilateral agreements between uh, emerging market nations, between Russia and, and China, for example, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, as one of the, the most important oil producers, of course. Um, we're seeing that many, many countries like Russia, China, India, Kazakhstan, Turkey, Iran are, are buying more and more gold for, for the central banks, but also their, their um, uh, private individuals. So I think that, you know, um, every couple of decades, actually, um, we're moving from one world reserve currency to another world reserve currency. Normally, those, those times in between are, are pretty... Um, let's say exciting, uh, volatile, turbulent, whatever. And, and I think that many people in the space saying that, you know, the renminbi will be the next world reserve currency. I think that's far too early. I think the depth and the sophistication and, and, and the structure of their capital markets uh, isn't ready yet, but they're working on that and they're working very hard on that. Right. And I appreciate you for sharing that. And so I'm curious to get your thoughts on at this current moment, we're approaching the end of 2019. A lot of things are currently going on. Uh, what are you and your research firm keeping an eye on the most? What concerns you the most at this current point? Well, of course, uh, the, the, the U-turn by, by the Federal Reserve, but, but in general by, by central banks uh, is, is, is extremely important. And um, I, I think that we're at the moment seeing some, some kind of early signs that um, governments, politicians, uh, and also central bankers want to prepare us for the next recession. We had many studies coming out uh, about... Um, you know, the advantages of, of, of negative interest rates. Uh, for example, there was one paper by the Federal Reserve San Francisco coming out just recently. There are more and more Fed representatives um, making the case for lower rates, for even negative rates, for uh, another round of QE. And I think um, that the big topic that, that really picked up in momentum recently is the topic of MMT, 
of helicopter money, of QE for the people, whatever you want to call it. And, and I actually uh, read a, a, a very interesting piece by, by the BlackRock um, Research Institute. Of course, BlackRock is not um, an unimportant um, uh, investor globally. Uh, and they're making a clear case for MMT, how it might be implemented. And I think um, we, should, we should be certain that fiscal stimulus is the new monetary stimulus. So in the next crisis, and perhaps we're also already at the beginning of that, expect much, much more fiscal stimulus um, than central bank intervention because central bank has said, okay, they basically did their jobs there. Um, they have moved into uncharted territories. Um, so, so now it's really time for, for fiscal policy to, to become much more aggressive. And what's the consequence for investors? Normally, fiscal stimulus acts much more directly for you know, the economy, economic growth, but also for inflation. So I think inflation for the next couple of quarters will become a big topic, although nobody is really concerned at the moment. But this is, and that's, you know, uh, politicians and central bankers are very, very open about that. This is what they want to achieve, yeah? And, and inflation, at least price inflation, has been undershooting and they want to make up for that. So um, I think uh, inflation surprises might be really a big topic going forward. All right. Now you mentioned uh, to, to lead off saying negative interest rates. So we're currently on the race to the bottom. So it looks like globally, all central banks to, st to stave off this next recession or correction in the economy, uh, basically trying to extend this boom and bust cycle a little bit longer or the boom aspect of it. There's, uh, they're removing the actual pricing of, of money. And so currently when it comes to borrowing, if there's no incentive to borrow because you're not rewarded for it, that definitely has to change the, dy dy the dynamic of borrowing for governments as well as for citizens, but it benefits governments, if especially if the debt is yielding, yielding negative territory. Can you speak to that for me a little bit? Well, I actually uh, just published a book on that topic. It's called The Zero Interest Rate Trap, um, or in German, Die Nullzinsfalle, but it will be translated um, uh, or will be published in English very soon. And in this book, we're, we're not only um, explaining the, 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 the negative consequences of, um, of, of zero interest rate policy for our capital structure and, 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 and how it um, 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 weakens uh, uh, the economy, how it um, manipulates time preference, uh, how it uh, leads to, to enormous boom and bust cycles. And, and now, I mean, let's face it, we're uh, in, in the everything bubble. So we're not only seeing equities at record high valuations uh, in many, many countries and areas. We're also seeing 15 trillion um, uh, in bonds trading at negative yields. So it's a guaranteed uh, a guaranteed loss. We're seeing the art market going crazy. We're seeing real estate markets all over the world um, trading at all-time highs. So um, it is obvious that this monetary inflation led to a big boom, but um, we also know that we're now extremely dependent on cheap money, on permanent um, uh, uh, capital infusion by, infusions by central banks uh, and for uh, the system 
uh, is extremely fragile nowadays. So, um, but, but this is only one side of the story. In our book, we also explain the, the, the consequences for, for our society and for, for culture. Um, and it means that our time preference nowadays is so high that nobody cares about, you know, the longer term. Um, and one example that we're coming up with is tattoos. I don't know how, how it is in the US, but over here, everybody is getting tattoos. Now, I mean, from my point of view, everybody can do what he's, with his body, whatever he wants. It's, it's totally fine for me. But it's just a sign that people want to have, you know, um, 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 they want to consume now, they want to have their tattoo now, and they don't care how it's going to look like in 10 years. Because let's face it, after 10 or 15 years, Every tattoo looks horrible, but nobody cares about that. So um, I, I, I think um, those, those consequences for, for, for our uh, economy and, 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 and how it basically turns the whole uh, capitalist system and the whole monetary system upside down, um, I think this is really something for, for history books, uh, unfortunately. And there, of course, there are many ways out of this. Um, um, and from my point of view, uh, pretty good insurance or hedge for such uh, uh, extreme scenarios is, of course, gold. And, and that's what we are describing in our uh, annual Ingold Retrust reports. Right. Way to assess that and, and compare that to the whole idea of consumption at this current moment without future consequences. And so over here, we call that kicking the can down the road. And so we have a government here that's bent on doing that very policy to where it's become very common uh, to expect politicians to just basically get deliver promises without regards to who's going to be footing the bill. And so currently, you mentioned fiscal policy, MMT being the next round of uh, policy implementation. Therefore, more promises. Therefore, more intervention of government into society. And so it seems like, can you kind of get a, can you kind of assess that socialism and those type of policies will become the future in place of capitalism perhaps? Well, I mean, we could of course discuss if we're really living in a, in a, in a uh, capitalistic system, if, if that's real capitalism. I mean, over here in Europe, um, you know, the, 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 government the state is is dependent or are responsible for more than 50 percent of 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 our gdps in most countries i think in in france it's it's 55 percent so <laughs> i wouldn't say that it's a it's a it's a true capitalist system however um in our most recent report we're describing this uh, erosion of trust and we're not seeing that um, trust is eroding in politics uh, I mean it's 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 uh, you know populists uh, on the very right but also on the very left side of the spectrum winning elections all over the globe it's 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 not just in Europe uh, uh, and in the US where um, the society gets more and more divided it's all over the world then we're seeing that people are completely losing trust in, in, in traditional media, I mean, just have a look at the numbers of, you know, cable net, uh, traditional uh, uh, news stations and, and, and cable networks, um, newspapers and so on. So people are losing trust uh, in, in, in media, in traditional media. Then we're seeing it for, for big corporations. We're seeing it with, um, with religion and so on. So it is, it is a sign of our times. And, and what really scares me is we're quoting some 
some studies um, where um, they surveyed um, students at U.S. universities, and actually, they don't care about democracy anymore. So uh, we've got the lowest level of um, young people having faith in the democratic system. They want to have a strong leader. And that's something that scares me a bit, I would say. And we shouldn't forget that now, at least on the surface, everything is fine. You know, stocks are, are, are doing fine. We've got real estate doing well. So we have this kind of wealth effect. But let's compare it to the so-called um, Occupy Wall Street movement back then. I think it was 2010, 2011. That was rather peaceful. But I think if if, 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 if stock markets would crash now and if um, banks would be bailed out with huge packages, I think... Um, there would really be a, a, a pretty much different environment and people were really, really uh, upset and, and rioting. So um, th this is something that, that definitely concerns me. And, you know, having a look at uh, the programs of uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, um, Bernie Sanders, I mean, I think nobody really cares about uh, fiscal um, a solid fiscal policy and 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 sound budgets and 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 uh, if you compare it, for example, to to the um, campaign or the election, I think it was Ross Perot against Bill Clinton. Um, the main topic um, in the the election campaigns was how to reduce the deficit and 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 actually how to get the budget under control again now nobody cares about that uh, actually democrat candidates you know they they want to um hand out everything for free uh, uh health care of course um college tuition um uh, a green new deal whatever um yeah, that's that's the road to serfdom, and 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 we're, I think, as as many Austrian economists clearly analyzed already decades ago, um, this will probably lead to to a much much more socialist system, uh, and that's definitely a big big concern. All right, it's a very big concern for me because we have this. We're in a political season right now where there's a lot of back and forth amongst different left, right. To me, ultimately, all of the same mindset. But yet, I think there are some things brewing under the scenes that we're not being told, and, it, and it's starting to rear its head above ground in regards to the whole repurchasing of assets by the Federal Reserve Bank and the repo markets and all the things happening with that, and amongst the LIBOR situation, which is also coming to an end. So I'm assuming something behind the scenes with regards to liquidity for the banking sector is starting to become obvious. What are your thoughts on that? What's your assessment of that? Is that the beginning of something that's going to be you know, official in the form of quantitative easy? Well, officially they, they, they said, no, it's not quantitative easing. I mean, um, if they're buying uh, 60 billion per month in, in T-bills, um, that's definitely a sign that not everything is, is, is just fine. Um, you know, we've got so many signs for a recession coming up. We've got the yield curve that was inverted, a very reliable signal. We've got um, uh, the Fed, Fed New York's own recession indicator at uh, roughly 40% recession risk for, for the next 12 months. We are in an earnings recession. Just have a look at uh, the numbers uh, 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 coming out. They are, uh, especially below the surface, they're really, really weak. Uh, ISM indices are weak. Um, and and it, it is not just in the US, it is actually some sort of global cooling. So. Um, 
it is obvious that uh, we are on the way into recession. Perhaps we are already in a recession because normally it is only officially announced nine to 12 months after. So um, normally when they officially announce the recession, it's, it's, it's already um, uh, time to start buying. And, and I think that gold is kind of sniffing that out because gold is a very, very um, reliable recession hedge because it discounts future monetary stimulus and future monetary fiscal stimulus that will be um, kicking in in a recessionary environment. So there's quite a lot uh, going on. You mentioned uh, the repo market, for example. There might be really a big company um, um, having se severe funding problems. Uh, that's what my my sources tell me um, I think it's 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 pretty clear that you know all those comments coming out just recently um, let me let me uh, uh, quote that um, if the entire system collapses the gold stock provides a collateral to start over a gold bar always holds value this makes um, where is it this makes shares, bonds, and other securities have uh, uh, inherent risk. Um, gold gives confidence in the central bank's balance sheets. That's not something that you know somebody on, on, on Twitter said or on Zero Hedge or, or whatever. That is actually the Dutch National Bank uh, saying that in an official statement. And I think the fact that so many central banks in the last couple of um, quarters started buying gold um, um, that they announced that they're repatriating their gold. This is definitely a sign that there's something happening um, behind the curtains. Right. Thanks for watching this interview. If you're enjoying content like this, feel free to become a part of the RTD community by becoming a member via Patreon. All it takes is a monthly contribution of about $5 a month for more great content such as this. Just scroll down beneath this video here and click the Patreon link and then hit this tab right here to become a member of the team. Looking forward to bringing you more great content. Now, let's get back to this interview. Thanks. I would agree. And also, I wanted to just get your thoughts on just a recent announcement that I'm hearing on this side of the, of the planet is that Germany has decided to increase their reserves as well. And some graphs that were positioned on the Internet showed a, a decrease of their holdings over the last two decades. And all of a sudden now it's a spike up and it's, it kind of resembles the Federal Reserve balance sheet in one regards of them, uh, you know, lessening their holdings. But then all of a sudden now increasing in T-bills, but yet Germany's increasing in gold. So clearly there's something happening behind the scenes and Meadows is included in it. Would you agree? Well, well regarding Germany, I, I think uh, it, it is a bit of a misinterpretation that was made. It was uh, from Bloomberg uh, journalists. And, 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 and I think um, go Germany didn't really start buying gold. It was mostly for, for, for technical reasons. I think they, they needed some physical gold for, 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 for coins. Uh, so I honestly have to 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 um, to read it in detail again, but I think it was you know it was a big story was made out of it. I don't think that you know this is really a, a big topic now. But what is from my point of view really crucial is to understand that gold was going in the last couple of years where gold corrected or the gold price corrected from weak hands mostly in the Western world to strong hands in the Eastern world. Um, as you know, we published uh, in Gold We Trust report for the very first time in Mandarin. So, so there's a Chinese edition now as well. So I traveled 
to Hong Kong, to Shanghai, talk to people there. And actually, you know, their time preference is so much different. They don't care about daily noise, daily price fluctuations. They're really in for the long game. And, and therefore, perhaps at a gold price of 5,000, 1,000, 10,000, whatever, they will think about selling again. But if gold is at 1700 or 1800 I think it's, 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 it's not coming into the market. And this is something that many people underestimate. Gold always goes where uh, the capital structure is improved, where there's real growth happening, where uh, people appreciate the long-term value uh, of physical gold. So, so I think um, it is really important to understand those dynamics, um, have a look at the export statistics, uh, those, 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 those numbers that are actually uh, moving and flowing from the West to the East, they are, they are mind-boggling. Right, I agree. And so I wonder, just uh, you know, as we get ready to draw down uh, towards the last couple of questions here, uh, the power shift, as you hinted there, from Western hands to Eastern hands is becoming more obvious now. And so clearly there's plans for gold implementation as well as the silver, I'm assuming as well, into the monetary realm in some form or fashion to probably reestablish trust. Now, so based upon your guess or your hunch or opinion, you know, the whole one belt, one road initiative is something that is not really getting much uh, information shared on this side. But we well know it's well underway and the whole linking, the whole maritime rights and all that stuff is up and running. What role does gold play in that, do you think, in your opinion? Well, it plays a, a big role, obviously. Uh, uh, we, we wrote a big chapter about um, uh, gold in China, about the, the tradition of gold in China, about the monetary history of China, uh, and also about the, um, the new Silk Road, so the One Belt, One Road initiative. And actually the most important countries um, on that road and on that, on that line, they're actually big gold producers so, and there are big gold mine developments going on. Um, and, and they're actually pretty big and important gold markets. We should not forget that China nowadays is um, the biggest gold consumer, but also the biggest gold producer and many other cur current uh, countries um, that are, are very active in this uh, infrastructure development are also big gold nations. So I think it, it is definitely one sign. Um, as I've mentioned at the beginning, there's so many signs basically on a, on a daily basis about this de-dollarization topic. Uh, it is really something that is picking up momentum at the moment. We quoted, for example, some, some very important uh, representatives of the European Union openly questioning the US dollar as world reserve currency saying, why do we pay for most of our energy imports in US dollar terms and not in Euro terms? So I think it really becoming more and more important. And the fact that Donald Trump is so nervous um, and that he's pushing or, or putting so much pressure on the Federal Reserve. Um, this is something that we haven't seen in decades that the White House is really um, 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 pressuring the Federal Reserve, and I mean, I mean, he even called them boneheads. Um, so I think he's really concerned because the recession signs are getting um, stronger and stronger. And of course, he wants and he needs a weaker dollar. And actually, I think um, at some point, you know, a weak dollar would probably be a pretty good um, 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 stimulus for, for for the world economy. Um, and 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 actually. 
this might be something that might be on the horizon. So, so I'm structurally uh, relatively uh, dollar bearish, which would, of course, on the other hand, also be, be pretty positive for gold. But let's face it, gold is rising in every currency. It is up, I think, 17% in dollar terms. It is up 20% in euro terms since the beginning of the year. The world gold price is trading at all-time highs. Gold is trading in euro terms, Canadian dollar terms, Australian dollar terms, and I think 50 other currencies at or very close to new all-time highs. So we are in a bull market, and the interesting thing is that most people didn't really recognize it yet, which is a pretty good sign. Now, as we draw towards the end of our conversation, I'm curious to get your thoughts because we talk a lot about gold, but not much words on silver. And so gold-silver ratio has always it's been extremely distorted. Silver play also plays an important role, especially for a lot of my audience and my viewers. So where does silver fit into this uh, equation as well? Well, silver... Um... You know, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's a sentiment indicator on gold. So at the moment with the gold-silver ratio trading at roughly 85, that shows you, okay, um, there's not too much excitement uh, in, in the precious metals market yet. And we have seen that this gold-silver ratio actually reversed. It was significantly high. It almost hit uh, 100. Um, so if my assumption and my analysis is correct that we're in a new gold bull market, then silver will definitely outperform gold. I mean, the ratio normally is, is, is three to one. So um, if gold rises one, silver rises by three um, on the upside, but also on the downside. Um, so if you can live with the volatility of, of, of silver or even silver mining stocks, um, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. As soon as there's real momentum coming into the gold market, I think at some point, um, people will say, eh, why we should consider buying some silver. And we all, all know that the silver investment market is extremely small. And, and that actually, um, you know, if, if there's just a very, very minor move uh, and a minor flow of capital into the silver market, this will have a huge impact. So um, from our point of view, we, we, we just got a full inflation signal. So uh, in the fund that I'm managing, for example, we are at the moment buying uh, silver mining stocks, really um, loading up on, on uh, uh, inflation exposure, also commodities and so on, because it is an unloved um, a sector and I think the fundamentals but also the technicals are really in place now so yeah uh, uh, it, it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Interesting well very last question Ronnie blockchain technology uh, something that has been introduced since the last great financial crisis therefore a lot of people are excited about the opportunities that have come from it such as Bitcoin and all the projects and the, the corporations that's shifting towards utilizing that technology where does the blockchain in your opinion fit into this next role of monetary or industrial or whatever um, role in the future? Well, you know, we're not only writing the In Gold We Trust report, we're also writing a, a quarterly crypto research report because we want to educate people in, and, and also especially investors about the crypto market, about uh, the, the opportunities, but especially the threats um, in this sector, in this very new sector. From my point of view, it's, it's no coincidence that um, gold um, or that Bitcoin has a very similar um, um, uh, stock to flow ratio like gold. So, so this natural inflation of, of Bitcoin is actually falling with every, every halving. And that's a very, very important um, 
uh, uh, thing that people should consider more. I, I, I think this relative supply curves of gold, but also of Bitcoin relative to, um, to fiat money are, are, are very important to understand. And I think that, you know, first of all, I like competition. I think competition makes products better and cheaper. Um, and I think why shouldn't there be uh, competition uh, in the currency space? So it is normal. It is healthy. Um, I know many, many young people that are actually, um, you know, coming into the crypto scene and then they start reading stuff. They, they order books and then they say, okay, why now I know how money is actually created. Is, is it really like that? Because you never hear about that. It's not taught at school or on universities. Uh, and I think this is, this is a great thing that people are discussing and questioning our monetary system. They're discussing alternatives. There's quite a lot of human capital in the sector. So it's a positive development from my point of view. I'm not sure if if Bitcoin will be around in, in 10 years time, if it will be around, it will be significantly higher, of course. Um, will gold be around in 10 years? Absolutely. And I think that it will perfectly uh, 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 preserve and also increase your purchasing power. But I think at, at least some, some small allocation of Bitcoin or perhaps some other cryptocurrencies definitely makes sense uh, uh, in every portfolio. All right, I do agree. Well, Ronnie Stofoli, it's been great having you here on Rethinking a Dollar. For those that might want to follow your work and stay in tune with what you have going on, can you point them back to your direction so they can be a blessing to your work and your channel? Absolutely, absolutely. So, oops, this is the In Gold We Trust report. Um, we're publishing it for 13 years now. It is quite a brick. So this year we wrote more than 340 pages. It is available for free on our webpage, ingoldwetrust.li which stands for Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein where our company is based. Um, you can download this year's report in a compact version, which is roughly 100 pages. And in the extended version, as I've said, 340 pages in English, but also in German and now also in Mandarin. Uh, you can download all our previous uh, editions as well on the web page, everything for free. You can sign up for our newsletters. We're about to publish a, a new chart book on gold, which is basically a summary of the insights of the Gold We Trust Report, just with brilliant charts, charts that people love and just short interpretation of those charts. I wrote a book about uh, Austrian investing uh, between inflation and deflation because I'm not only from Austria, I am also um, uh, a keen follower of the Austrian School of Economics and my new book, The Zero Interest Rate Trap, will be published in English very, very soon. Sounds good. Well, once again, Ryan, it's been great having you on Rethinking a Dollar. Definitely enjoy this, this back and forth. Looking forward to hopefully having you on in the future as things begin to really begin to uh, poke their head above ground and we get a chance to get your thoughts and assessment then. But other than that, Ronnie, thanks for joining me on Rethinking a Dollar. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye-bye.